0: God's will is God willing and uh, we recognize that everything about scripture is pointing us to God he is making himself known in the scriptures he does that from chapter 1 verse 1 of Genesis in the beginning God if you look at the very end of the book it's God's invitation to say come to him so everything is focusing on him and the Christian life is about that isn't it we're focusing on him and on his will his desires and you find that throughout the text King David certainly had Christ in his mind he was delighted to do his will in fact he said this in psalm 42 my soul thirsts for god for the living god i will delight in your will oh my god your law is written within my heart jesus of course was the perfect example david proved not to be so much the perfect example but jesus was in following the will of god in fact he said in declaration early on in his ministry I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me, who's following the will of his Father. And he made it clear that those who are genuinely related to him, his true family, are those who do the will of the Father. They are his brothers, they are his sister, they are his mother, if you will. And the Lord taught us to pursue the will of God purposefully and faithfully. He told us to do it in prayer. He said, Pray this our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name your kingdom come you say it your will be done on earth as it is in heaven he taught us to to move towards the will of god to pursue the will of god it's essential to be in relationship with god and certainly essential to be in fellowship with him and to experience the wonder of that fully so we come to jesus as you know by denying ourselves and following after him petitioning him following him renouncing self-will and submitting to his will from that day forward in our life that's partly what baptism is showing it's a willingness to die to self to be raised new in Jesus Christ it's dying to the old sinful ways being resurrected new that we might walk in holiness and righteousness declared justly by God himself that's how it all starts and then we should follow suit with that just continuing to follow after the will of God but what James is pointing out is many people actually are doing the opposite many who claim to be followers of Christ disregard the will of God and they discount the will of God they dis disbelieve or disobey the will of God and James is going to bring that to the forefront in fact that's how chapter 4 ends he brings up the idea that many of people just go on about life without really thinking about and engaging the will of God he does it in a very candid way look what the scripture says this is the end of chapter 4 beginning verse 13 James says come now that's uh, sort of a let's get settled on this come now arrogance all such boasting is evil so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him it is sin well let's pray together father we want to be obedient responsive to your word today we thank you for its instruction and direction and how your holy spirit will teach it to us in a way that we will receive it with a heart that's open to it and with purposefulness we will walk in it by your grace that is given We bless you for that. In the name of Christ, our Lord. Amen. Generally, the world disregards the will of God because they dismiss God. They're not so interested in his will because they're not so interested in him. Many don't submit to God's will just because they fail to believe in God. And if there is no God, then there is no will of God. Other people believe in God, but yet they desire the blessings of God more than they desire the will of God. In fact, I think that is the conviction of the modern day church in the Western world. None of those people truly belong to God. And Jesus said it, if you're my brother, if you're my sister, if you and I are related together, we are related because we follow the will of the Father. So people who discount or are dissuaded from or choose not, to obey the will of God are not part of the family of God and James wants us to recognize that you know throughout the series of his letter he's been giving us tests hasn't he testing the authenticity of what we claim to be true here's another one do you follow the will of God for those who are genuinely saved and are in the faith family of God we have a desire in us to follow the will of God So my prayer and hope is at the end of our time together today, we will be more focused on God's will, more pursuant of it, going in it and receiving the blessings of doing so. Think of the significance if students begin to focus on the will of God more than they focused on anything else. All the questions that come into your mind as a student about what you're going to do, where you're going to go, what you're going to be, all of that gets settled when you have as your singular most devoted focus the will of God. Think about young families that... pull together their children and their spouse and they pray with earnestness for the will of God think about a dad who teaches his child son or daughter to pray for and to walk in the will of God think about the difference that would make think about a young couple who are dating wondering if this is the one that they'll spend the rest of their days with here on earth think about if they elevated the will of God in that relationship and the impact that would have envision the possibility of business leaders who sought the will of god above prophets and above anything else the will of god think about the blessing of the kingdom of god if ministers before making a plan would be more pursuant to the will of god think about what the saints of god could do and impact for the kingdom of god if before they bought before they sold before they invested before they held before they gave they sought the will of god James says if you and I will pursue the will of God then all of life will be richly blessed and so he's wanting to elevate that notion about God's will I wonder if we have exchanged in current Christianity in the conversations if we've exchanged the pursuit of the will of God for the blessings of God I hear more people asking God for things asking God for his blessings than for his will to be made known and for us to pursue his will the shift in focus must have been subtle but the impact has been significant God's blessings are a result when people are faithfully following and walking in his will they are the product of walking in the will of God but when we push aside the will of God and seek the blessings of God then my friends that is spiritual malpractice and you and I need to come back to the vernacular of scripture to say oh God what is your will your will be done on earth as it is being done in heaven now some Christians short circuit the will of God they're not so interested in the will of God and they want the blessings of God They proclaim things to be. They proclaim wellness. They declare financial freedom. They speak healing. And all the while disregarding if it is the will of God or not. Some Christian leaders and pastors teach their people to this notion of God wants them to be healed. God wants them to be well. God wants them to be wealthy. But in fact, the claim of wellness and the claim of freedom and the claim of healing is nothing more than a claim unless it is the will of God what those pastors and teachers and leaders ought to be helping people to come to conclusion on is seek the will of God ask him for those things no doubt but seek the will of God Practices without seeking the will of God are really arrogant, aren't they? And oftentimes are opposed to the will of God. For example, James begins this epistle by saying, Hey, when you meet various trials when you have sufferings in your life james says that god has intention for that remember what he says those things in our life produce in us steadfastness and steadfastness when it has its full measure brings a completion to us a fullness to us so that we can lack nothing that's the will of god what are you saying that god wills for us to suffer and us to go through trials Absolutely, sometimes that's exactly where God has us because as he is even in the midst of the breaking down of the outer person, the inner person is growing strong and that outer person, as you know, is very temporary but that inner person is eternal. So God is working within all those struggles and trials and if you're proclaiming something that is not in the will of God, then you have an arrogant proclamation that could very well be opposed to God. Could we just be mature enough and settled enough to pray along with Jesus, your will be done, your will be done. At times, God desires us to be in those places. He certainly desired Jesus to be in that very difficult place. There in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus was praying, oh, Father, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Oh, I pray that. Oh, Father, let this sickness pass from this individual, from my family, from me. Lord, let this hardship pass. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. You know, there's a lot of discussion among Christian leaders to say if you add that tagline, your will be done, it exposes your lack of faith and it's your way out to the miracle that God had for you. That's as bogus as can be let's pray the prayers of Jesus let's pray the prayer that God has taught us to pray by his very son now notice James is calling attention to God's will in our life and he's calling attention not just in the extraordinary things of life but in the very simple things of life I mean don't get more basic than this you've got somebody who's a tradesman somebody who's a merchant come now you who say today or tomorrow we're going to go to this place or that place we're going to spend a year there we're going to trade and make profit i mean that's about as routine in life as you get in the first century somebody who's in business making money buying stuff over here selling it over there he says you who say that you're going to do these things you need to know you don't know what tomorrow will bring it's as if james was writing in the middle of a covid crisis Does anybody know what tomorrow's going to bring? I can tell you, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. There have been many a day that I've thought, okay, we've got a plan together now, let's go for it. And then the next day you wake up and say, well, that plan's completely debunked, isn't it? You don't know what tomorrow will bring? What is your life? You're like a vapor, it's appearing, then it's gone. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will do this and we will do that. I mean, that's about as common as you get. Here's a tradesman that is doing everything right. In fact, in our culture, we would say this guy or this lady is successful. I mean, if you think about this, this person is visionary. They've They've got a vision in mind. We're gonna go do this, we're gonna go do that. We're gonna go to this place, we're gonna go to that place. And not only are they visionary, but they have a plan in place. They've got it sort of in line. This is what they're going to do. And they're making a profit. We would say if you're a business person and you're a visionary and you're a planner and you're a profiteer, you're making money. You're doing good. That's exactly what we would suggest is the way it ought to be done. But even success can fall way short of the will of God, and that has eternal significant consequences as well as consequences for today. I wonder if in the successes of our life if we might have a so slow and steady move away from the will of God I think there's a couple of notions that really put us at risk when we think about success and living a life of success often person oftentimes a person can say oh I'm self-made I work hard I sacrifice I spend long long hours and God has brought success because of that, but I'm self made. God has honored my sacrifice. That's a notion, and that might be true that God is honoring your sacrifice and your hard work, uh, but that could lead you to walking outside of the will of God. I'll show you how in just a minute when I put these two together sometimes we view ourselves as being blessed by god just because of the success that we've experienced maybe the business is successful or your family is successful you've got the stuff that you want and you say things like this well i must be doing okay because god is blessing me now you put those two things together and you're a hard worker long hour self-sacrificing individual who sees what you're doing as being blessed by god then you can actually push aside the notion that you ought to be seeking the will of God because you're thinking I'm in the will of God otherwise I would not be blessed that's a deadly trap it's a slow move away from the will of God and all on the way with a lot of Christian jargon and a lot of thoughts that God must be doing this or God must be doing that but what James is saying is you ought to be asking because you don't even know what tomorrow is going to bring you ought to be asking God what is your will and this is where all those questions come in the who what where when how God who God what God when God where God how to ask him those things to seek him on those things because you don't have all the answers we're humble enough to recognize we don't have all those answers but God does and asking God to bless something is not the same as following his will somehow we're asking God to bless things that may not be in his will the starting point is God what is your will what is your desire and as I walk in your way Lord would you bless that would you bless that would you let me bring honor to Jesus the world seems to be fixated on being blessed rather than seeking God's will I did a quick Google search on two hashtags. One hashtag God's will, and the other is hashtag blessed. Now, I've got both words written on the screen, although you can't see the hashtag blessed because there's over a thousand of them on the screen. So in the search, for every one time there's a hashtag God's will, there's a thousand one hundred eighty three hashtag blessed. That's like seven hundred thousand to eight hundred forty million. Obviously, we are focused on the blessings, but James is saying you got it in reverse. Focus on the will of God, and when you focus on the will of God and you do the will of God, blessings, the joy of life, the wonder of being in the will of God, the wonder of being in fellowship with Him will flow. Don't short circuit what God is doing and wants to do in your life by focusing only on the blessings. Kent Hughes an author that I read as I'm studying through James as well as others says this we often live our lives without serious reference to God's will this is practical atheism Now, we would never claim to be an atheist but when we don't focus on the will of God and pursuing the will of God referencing it in our life it's as if we act like God is not for real so renouncing practical atheism by praying and seeking God's will is praying the who, what, where, when, and how to God. It's really audacious for us to live without seeking God's discernment and his desires and direction, mainly because we don't even know what tomorrow will bring. And That's what James is pointing out. Now you notice in your handout, and it'll be on the screens as well, I'm going to flash through this because I don't think we need to to um, talk about it very much but here's some warning signs that James gives us in the text he says first it's a warning sign that you're not following the will of God when you don't recognize God's authority over your life and in this case here's the merchant that says oh today tomorrow I'm going to go here and go there we'll spend a year there That's a person that's making decisions on their own without recognizing God's grand authority over all living things. You do remember, don't we, that all things are made by him and are for him. We're for his glory your business is his glory your job is his glory your family is for his glory all things are under his authority and meant to bring him glory and honor but it's a warning sign when we don't recognize the authority that God has over our life the second warning sign that James gives us is that we don't consider the shortness the brevity of life Uh, I like to every now and then call up a friend who has a boat Uh, we don't have a boat and I'm thinking why in the world would we need a boat when we have a friend with a boat right so I call up a friend with a boat and I say hey I'll bring some dinner over and we'll go out on your boat you good with that and sometimes we even churn up some ice cream and we'll take some ice cream and the purpose is in the evening we'll go out there and we'll get over in the stretch of the Coosa over by where the Guyton's live and we'll flip that boat around and we'll watch the sunset right over Ronnie and Lynn Watkins house and it's beautiful spectacular and so there we are eating ice cream and enjoying the sunset now if it's about 90 degrees at six seven eight o'clock which sometimes it is in the summer i'm thinking can this thing not move along a little quicker but god has a timing to all of that and he chooses it to be a slow process until you notice this when the sun is just on the horizon it's like whoop it's gone how did it move that quick i mean we've been watching it all that time it's been going so slow and then all of a sudden when it gets close to the horizon it's like wow that's incredible that moved quickly it seemed to move so much faster and that's what james is saying if you don't consider your life like that like the sun setting and whoop it's gone you probably won't be focused on the will of god you'll probably be focused on your life as if you were not made for eternity And James is saying, what is your life? You're but a mist. You're like a setting sun, and you need to recognize the shortness of life so that you will ask the most important question. Lord, in the shortness of this life, what is your will? Because we recognize following the will of God has eternal ramifications, and that can be very positive or it can be very negative. So in the shortness of this life, the most important question is, God, in the brevity of life, help me to pursue your will. That's the most important thing. And then third, the warning is just disobeying the will of God, the word of God. Just choosing. We know what the right thing to do is, but yet we choose not to do it. And James says, hey, that's sin so these are all warning signs knowing and not doing it not recognizing the shortness of life and pursuing the will of God and just the authority of God so how do we follow God's will I'm going to give you five steps that I think are identifiable in the passage and uh, if we can move towards these we will certainly be the better for it the first is that God's will ought to be placed at the foremost of our living the way I put that on the screen is your thoughts words and actions there's a Latin phrase that I begin to put into my emails right in the signature. It's, it's uh, deposited there, so it happens every time I write an email. Uh, Deo valente. And it's, it's a, a caption that just simply means God willing. The Puritans loved that Latin phrase. And they would often say that phrase when they were posturing, when they were proclaiming something, planning something. And what they were saying was, this is our plan, God willing. The Methodists picked up on that as well in the early years, back when they were really hungry for the things of God. and They would often write their letters, and at the end of the letter where they would sign their name, they would inscribe two letters, DV, and it was short for Deo Valente, God willing. In fact, in that series, in that period of time, that era of time, if there was a circular that was going out, if there was a placard that had been placed up, if there were uh, advertisements in some sort, often that phrase or those letters were on there. In other words, they were saying, hey, here's our plan, God willing. Here's what we're hoping is going to happen. This is what we want to have happen, God willing there's constantly that reminder in that period of time that we can make all the plans in the world that we want but if they're not of the will of God then those plans are obviously going to be thwarted and they are they are going to be changed so it's a way to say God willing let it be I had an old friend uh, back when we were in business and I would see her walking out I'd say hey bye Freddie I'll see you tomorrow and almost every time Freddie would turn around and she would say Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. You ever heard that country saying? I'll see you tomorrow, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. Now, she literally had a creek behind her house, and it did rise periodically, and it did flood her house a time or two. So she was being very honest with me. And it may not be grammatically correct, but it's theologically correct to say, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, I'll see you tomorrow. That's the kind of thing that you and I need to have in our life just the forefront of God. Are you willing? Is this your will? Is this your desire? Statements like that are important. So James says in chapter 4, verse 15, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Is that in your vernacular? Is that in the way you're expressing to one another? Is that the way your family talks? Is that the way your business talks? If God wills? would you just pause every now and then with family friends business and just say hey can we pray about this so we want to make sure we're in the will of god what a difference that makes a father we don't know what tomorrow is going to be but you certainly do you're the timeless god of the universe the sovereign the authority overall we're just pausing in a humble state to say is this what you want what's your will what's your desire what what is it for our family that would honor you what about our business how can we honor you in this What is your desire so coming to that kind of understanding and truth that God's will is on the forefront of our life would be a great place to start right let's look at the second point purposely drawing near and close to the Lord that's a way to follow the will of God spending time with him reading his word meditating on his word thinking about it those truths having an ongoing conversation with him just constantly speaking to him throughout the day I'm grateful for the Meadowbrook staff and certainly honored to be able to work alongside of them and have had so many folks uh, on staff here doing various things. Uh, Some I work more closely with just because of the position that we have. For instance, Janet Hall is my assistant and I could talk about her today because she's off for a couple of days so it'd be a good time for me to bring her up if she's watching on the stream service. uh, This is for you, Janet. Uh, so we've been working together for a number of years and we obviously have gotten pretty close together we're in the same office suite like she's always looking into my office and i'm always looking into hers and she knows my heart she knows my love for this church she knows my dedication and service to the lord she knows where my gifts and abilities are and where they're not she knows the desire that i have to do things well and she's learned the patterns of my thinking and the patterns of my my uh, decisions and she will oftentimes just make decisions on my behalf and most of the time overwhelming majority of the time they're the decisions that I would have made I mean it's risky for her but she thinks like I think in the office she knows my desires and in the right way she knows my will because we've been connected together we spend time together we talk together we live ministry together now that's a small representation of what life can be like with christ when you spend time with him when you engage in ministry with him you're in dialogue with him and you're hearing from him through his word and in prayer and this conversation that you have going on when you spend that kind of time with him you will get to know his heart you'll get to know his desires and you'll get to know his will it won't be so much of a guess he will share it with you so you can be confident that you can know the will of God how can you do that well 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says that God will give you the mind of Christ now think about that god gives you the thoughts of the creator it's an amazing passage that you might want to circle back to and just read more more about that so purposefully draw near and close to him and you'll know his heart you'll know his desires you'll know his will number three reject worldliness and embrace the holy spirit's internal transformation just making a choice i'm going to reject the ways of the world the will of the world and i'm going to choose to follow the will of christ and he's going to bring his will in this inner transformation i'm going to have insight to that because of that transformation that god is doing internally now here's a very famous passage of scripture don't be conformed to the world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind focus on this latter part that by testing you may discern what is the will of god what is good and acceptable and perfect so this discernment of the will of god and what is good and acceptable and perfect comes in the transformation of the renewal of your mind the spirit working within you you're pushing off the things of the world and you're saying to the spirit of god do a work in me transform me work your sanctifying process in me let your truth be in me let let this work of of uh, holiness be in me and in doing so it will bring a transformation so that you might be able to discern the will of god then number four while pursuing christ he will help us not make the wrong choices this is an amazing truth you're going to pursue the things of christ and he will help you to not mess up i love this the life of paul He was so methodical. If you know Paul's ministry, it was pretty typical for him to go into a a town or city and he'd go into the synagogue there because there were people who understood the Old Testament scripture and Paul would begin to open up the Old Testament gospel. He would point to Jesus in the Old Testament and he would build from there a continuity about what God was doing in the Older Testament and what he was doing in the present and now in the the New Testament age and then on into the age of grace which you and I live in. Paul was opening that up for them for them and for many they would receive that and those people he would invest in and some of them would become elders of a church so that when Paul left that place there was established leadership who understood the the truth of God's word who understood the identity of Jesus Christ and surrendered themselves to his will and his way and he moved on to the next town and guess what he did he went right to the synagogue and he was given the opportunity to teach and when he taught he did the same thing he built up leadership and he left and he did it all over again that was the routine that's a good routine by the way it's one that we ought to consider as we're journeying in this uh, movement of the ministry but here's what paul was doing at one point it says they went through the region of phrygia and galatia and having been forbidden by the holy spirit well, what were they going to do there that the holy spirit didn't want them to do i can tell you what he was going to do he's going to do the same thing he always did he goes in where he can find a person of peace who understands the older testament and how the gospel is communicated through the old testament he builds into him the the understanding of christ jesus shares the gospel with them pours into them the truth and he goes on to the next one he does that everywhere he goes but the holy spirit said in this point nope not there So he says, okay, I was forbidden to go there. I'm going to go to Asia. And when they went to Mysia and then Bithynia, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go. Isn't that interesting? When you're walking in the will of the Father, His Spirit will make sure you don't blow it. If your heart is to follow after the will of God, you're given to that you're humble the spirit of god will stop you from messing up it sort of takes the worry out of it doesn't it the anxiety away god's got this then next the holy spirit uh, excuse me walking in god's will is a step-by-step journey that requires faith trust and obedience uh i hate to say this it's sort of questions manliness but I have lost my sense of direction and Google is my problem. You like that? Once I started using Google, I stopped paying attention to direction. In fact, there's sometimes I go some places that Google has told me every step of the way and if you took away my phone, I would not be able to get back home because all I've been doing is responding to the statements that Google has been calling out or maybe for you Siri or whatever it is that you're using when you go there's places. God's not like that. God's not like Google Maps. So when I plug in an address to Google Maps, it says, oh, you can go this way, this way, or this way. Which way do you want to go? You know, I want to go to the default. Let me see what that looks like. And I can zoom out, and I can see exactly the chart that it's going to take me. And I can pull that back down, hit start, and it'll tell me every step along the way because i know generally i know the way it's going and where it's going to end and know how we're going to get there i'm just waiting for the prompts along the way god does not work that way god is not going to give you the course laid out there's no faith required in that for god to say to abram abram i want you to leave your the land of your father i'm going to take you on this journey and here's everything you're going to experience along the way and when you get there i'm going to make a great nation out of you all he said is abram i want you to get up and go and leave your father's land when abram got up and left god said that's the faith i'm looking for right there that's the faith i want step by step that's the kind of god we're serving that's the kind of faith we're got to have Okay, Lord, I don't know all that you're going to do in your will, but I trust you, I trust your sovereignty, I trust your love, and whatever you tell me to do today, I'm going to take that day step. I'm not worried about tomorrow. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. I don't know what direction tomorrow's going to be. I can't pitch myself in that direction. All I know is today, this is what I know to do. I'm going to be faithful, and I'm going to do it. Tomorrow, you'll give me tomorrow's instruction. That's a good place for us to be because we don't know what tomorrow is going to be, but God does. He's timeless. So, Lord, step by step, help me to be built in faith. In fact, James says at the end of this text, if you know the right thing to do and you don't do it, that's sin. And I think that's what he's saying. If you're not stepping today in what you know to do, that's sin. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about next year. Don't worry about anything other than today. God, here's today. I'm going to be found faithful. And then God will place in your heart the desire to do his will. This is is a wondrous thing. Not only is he going to not let you blow it, but he will put his will in your heart. You're not going to have to figure this out on your own. God is going to place that in you. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. How is it that God will give me the desires of my heart? Because my desires of my heart are given unto him. When you and I have the prayer, oh Lord, let your will be done on earth in my world, right now in my life as it is in heaven, God will place the desire in us. He will give us that. We commit ourselves to him and he will commit his way to us. It's an amazing thing that God is doing. He's accomplishing Philippians 2:13 says it this way, it is God who works in you both to will and to work for His good pleasure. So if you're anxious about following the will of God, no, 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 don't be anxious. Just submit to Him. Trust Him, let him fill your heart. Now that's what God desires for us. What a test in this journey of life. God, your will be done. I wonder in this room right now or those online right now is there an element of god's will that you have not pursued is there something in your life number one it could be that you've just forsaken the will of god it's just not dawned on you that you ought to be pursuing the will of god you thought all along you were to be pursuing the blessings of god but now you're recognizing oh god it's your will that i should pursue is if that's you would you surrender to christ surrender your will to him that's the whole thing about denying ourselves, lord not my will but yours i'm going to dethrone me and my heart and i'm going to say oh lord you be the sovereign in my heart that's where it starts maybe that's where you are today you've not been thinking about the will of god not been on your radar and now james has put this flashing strobe of god's will on your radar would you be given to that is there something that you know to be the will of god that you have yet to pursue you've been holding back you've been unsurrendered in that you've been not taking that next step i can tell you that until you take that step in god's will there probably will not be other steps to take because the step that you're taking if it's out of the will of god will take you in a direction away from him Is there anything in your life right now, anything in my life right now that is outside the will of God that I'm not willing to say, God, your will be done in that area of my life. And would you repent of that? Confess that as sin. Turn to the will of God. I think that's the place where probably most of us have the conviction of the Spirit today. Oh, may His will be in us help us lord in this moment to have the will your will on the forefront of our thoughts our plans our actions our steps our faith and lord in any area that we have held on to that is our will we surrender it to you and we say as jesus taught us to pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven We ask you to forgive us where we have forsaken your will and long for your blessings, even though we are outside of your will. Forgive us for that. Help us to think and speak and step in faith like Jesus did. I pray this in his name for his glory.